You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, mic check, mic check, one, two, three, four. Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. Uh, I'm going to get into... First, first off, I need to explain why uh, I'm running solo today, all right? This has been a, a record-breaking week for the Nine Finger Chronicles from the standpoint of the amount of people who have had to cancel or who have had to... Uh, reschedule with me because they are sick or their family is sick or uh, somebody else in their organization is sick and then they need to go do their job. So, uh, man, I've had like seven people have to reschedule this week, which is, which sucks for me because now here I am just talking to myself to get some content out. And uh, I know some of you guys like these types of episodes where I just kind of sit and, and bullshit and, and uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, you know, m- my plans for the year and whatnot. Uh, before we get into all of that, though, I am going to do a quick, uh, I don't know if it's going to be quick. Maybe I'll just talk about these products just for a little bit. So, um, and this actually has a lot to do with some of the bullet points that I wanted to talk about today. And that is uh, scheduling hunts. That's that's one bullet point that I want to talk about. And so this year, South Dakota has moved to a application process where you might need more. They've reduced the number of uh, non-resident tags. And so now there's going to be a potential preference point type system put in place to where um, I can apply, but it I won't necessarily get it like in in the past in South Dakota. That was a state that I was a guaranteed draw. Okay, now I don't think it's going to be that way. So we will see how all that goes down. With that said, uh, if I don't draw South Dakota, then um, that's going to open up some some time for me to take some out-of-state hunts, maybe back to Nebraska. Um, that would be a spot-and-stock-style hunt for mule deer. But outside of that scenario, um, I'm going to be applying for Kansas, and I'm going to if I if I draw Kansas, then I'm also going to go hunt Oklahoma, and so that's where tethered comes into play because I am in the process of transitioning into a saddle hunter. <laughs> so uh, that um, uh, I I I feel like just from a, uh, an evolution uh, of me as a hunter, uh, a saddle is the next step for me. Am I going to like get rid of tree stands altogether? No, I'm not. I'm going to, I'm going to 
just add that into my uh, arsenal, so to speak. And when I go to states like uh, potentially Nebraska or Illinois or Wisconsin or Minnesota or Missouri or Kansas or Oklahoma, it's going to be run and gun just like what I did when I was growing up, just like I did when, you know, just like I do uh, here in Iowa when I don't, you know, when I have to move in into a location that I, I may not have a, a um, what I call rut sets in. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, using my, my tethered saddle and the equipment that goes along with it. So if you're looking for a saddle, go check out tethered. Um, what I'm really interested in, whether I'm from the ground or I'm in a saddle or a tree stand is putting a wasp broadhead through the vitals of a mature whitetail buck. And man, I'm just a huge fan of wasp archery, wasparchery.com discount code NFC two zero for 20% off. If you're looking for durable, uh, mechanicals or fixed blades that have the best possible material uh, and really awesome design go check out wasp archery man they they destroy whatever they hit uh next on the list is hunt stand uh, man i don't know how many times i've this week already uh we this week's kind of an off week for uh I guess kids activities. And so I've had a little bit more free time to where I, I have been um, on my phone checking out hunt stand and, and just kind of diving into some of the properties, both foreign and domestic, so to speak in my, uh, my out of state hunts. I'm, I'm really going to try focusing on, on that, uh, uh, on my out of state hunts and put myself in the best position. And I do that by e-scouting and I do that on hunt stand. So if you're looking for a, uh, uh, you know, a mobile hunting app with a lot of functionality, go check out huntstand.com. Last but not least, Vortex Optics. These guys have been a supporter of the podcast for a while now. Huge fan of everything that these guys are doing in the shooting, you know, in the uh, sport shooting, uh, in the rifle hunting, gun hunting world, in the bird watching world, you know, in, in the hunting world. And so huge fan of, of the company, uh, their ethos, their their um, mission and what they do. And on top of it, they just have some of the best possible optics on the market. And uh, so if you're looking for binocular, rifle scope, spotting scope, uh, range finder, uh, you name it, they have it, red dot. Uh, go check out uh, vortexoptics.com. Uh, badass company, badass VIP warranty, and uh, just overall badass company. So, all right. Scheduling my hunts this year. This is going to get tricky because I, I find myself in a position where I'm, I, I bought a preference point for Kansas last year. And I want to hunt Kansas, and but I don't know if I'll draw. I want to hunt South Dakota, but I don't know if I if I draw. I would like to know, you know, here's here's where the draw game gets kind of uh, tricky. Is that this is the year where I I would like to I would like to start maybe a rotation where one year I hunt Kansas. The next year I hunt South Dakota and just go back and forth, back and forth on, on that whole thing. But the tricky part then becomes uh, if I don't draw this year, 
right? So if I don't draw uh, South Dakota this year, then I'll probably draw next year. And if I don't draw Kansas th this year, then I'll probably draw next year. So my goal at some point, I don't know if it's going to be this year, uh, I might apply for both of them and try to fit both of them into the schedule. It will be tough, but I think it's doable. Um, but trying to manage the point system because I also have a lot of points in Wyoming that eventually, uh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and do. So I'm going to, you know, take advantage of these deer points I have for Wyoming and these elk points and antelope points that I have for Wyoming. And at some point I'm going to go do it. Uh, but I, those are bigger trips. Uh, those are going to take more time. Like for me, uh, because I don't elk hunt very much, and I don't know where elk, you know, like where the elk live and I'd have to go scout it potentially or get some intel from somebody or, or use a guide or potentially even an outfitter. Um, that's going to be a trip that I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to potentially 10 to, you know, 10 to 14 days in a row going way out there. It could potentially be for me a once in a lifetime hunt just from the the number of uh, preference points that I've created where I am at in my age, you know, I'm 42 years old and, uh, I got, I think I'm going to have eight preference points. So that puts me at 50. If I draw, if I was to draw this year, which I'm not, I'm going to buy a preference point. So that puts me at 51. If I allow equal time in between draws to get that next preference point and who knows where my knees are going to be at 51. If I take care of myself, shouldn't be an issue, but, uh, who knows? Anyway, back to South Dakota. And, and I'm going to apply for both, and I'm going to try to fit both of those into my schedule. What would be ideal, though, would be for me to draw Kansas, not draw South Dakota, and now I'm automatically in in every other uh, hunt or in every other year type scenario with that specific state. And so, for example, if I go and hunt South Dakota, maybe that same year I'll hunt Nebraska. And then if I, or if I hunt Kansas, then that same year while I'm down there, I might just extend my trip and go hunt Oklahoma. And so just, just in the distance between those, those states, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be, would be cool to do it that way. But if I, I draw both, that's the hit and miss, right? You, I could strike out. I could draw zero of those states, and then I'd probably go to oh Nebraska in September or even early October, and then uh, Oklahoma in late October, and then Iowa. And so the, that is, and not to mention some of the other trips that I could potentially do, like go to um, oh man, where was it? Where were we at here? Uh, Missouri. Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin are always on the table just because the tags are easy to get and they're so close. So if for some reason all of a sudden the you know the season gets here, I don't have any plans, I can go to an over-the-counter state like you know what I of the states I just mentioned. So on top of that, you know, pulling hunting out of the equation, this is where it gets tricky, right? So in the fall. Uh, we obviously have dance, right? We have football. We have, what else? Wrestling starts. We have uh, soccer. My youngest son is probably going to play soccer as well. So now, as my kids are getting older, juggling all of this. In the spring, I'm a baseball coach. 
I am a football coach. Um, I've been in the past coaches of all this stuff. I try to do all my my time donations in the spring. I do I do get wrangled into doing some type of coaching in the fall, but I'm going to try to avoid that this year and just be a spectator. So that way, if I, you know, if I have to, uh, if, you know, if I decide to go on a hunt, I'm not, I may be missing one of my kids' games that week, but I also will, um, uh, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be missing any coaching responsibilities at that point. Uh, coaching is hard to find th- these um, this time, and I um, I got an email from my from a guy, and he's like, "Hey, we need more coaches. Are you willing to coach football this spring?" And I'm like, uh, "Well, I didn't want to, but 30 kids weren't going to be able to play football if I didn't coach. So uh, I'm going to be coaching 16 of those kids, and uh, now these kids get the opportunity. But because of that." Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to turkey hunt this year. Um, I might, like, I have an anniversary one weekend. We have uh, sports events. We It's just, it's loaded. And luckily, I'm not into turkeys 100%. So I might, I might have to just pop out one, buy the tag, pop out one morning, give it a shot here on some public. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. However, the cool thing about turkey season, though, is I'm going to be pulling my daughter out of school and I'm going to be taking her youth hunting. So sometime this weekend, I'm going to take her down out into the country, um, going to put up a little turkey decoy or, or you know, a piece of cardboard with a turkey uh, drawn on it. And we're going to practice shooting with the 20 gauge. And she's really excited for this upcoming turkey season. I promised her I'd take her. So I'm going to take her. I'm going to try to get her her first turkey. Uh, first legal turkey is going to get get some lead. But outside of that, I think she's just wanting to get more involved in the outdoors because she sees me having so much fun doing it. And I'm, I'm going to try to... I, I My goal as a parent is to get my kids into this activity, right? I, I, I love it. I think it's great. It keeps kids out of trouble um, and, and for the most part. And it's just a great opportunity. Anything outside is good, man. And so I want to do that without burning them out, right? I, I don't like, my daughter's like, hey, dad, can I go can I go with you this weekend? And it's like November, the first weekend in, or second weekend in November. Hey, can I go deer hunting with you? I'm just like, sweetie, Now's probably not the best time. We should probably wait until early October or, or, you know, go when it's somewhat warm out, when there's not so much on the line from a, a strategy or, you know, because, man, it would suck to have a kid in a tree stand with you and they start to move and then your number one hit lister shows up and and ruins your hunt. Man, that would suck. So trying to figure all of that out as well. Uh, as, as, as my kids get older, I've realized that it's going to be less about me. And if I want them to follow in my shoes, I'm going to have to make it less about me. I know I'll find some time to get out while they're in school, uh, you know, but I'm going to have to make the weekends and some of these, you know, some of this time less about me and more about them. And I definitely think that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be okay with it. Maybe the first year it will, it will feel a little odd, but I think after that, 
um, it's just going to be a no-brainer. And, and everybody that I've talked to who has gone through this, uh, they have older kids, and they're like, dude, at some point, you're not even going to care about yourself. If you're, if you're really, truly you know, interested in your kids having success and falling in love with the outdoors, it's not even going to matter anymore to you. What's going to matter is them getting them opportunities. And so I just hope that I can, you know, I can get my kids the same opportunities that, uh, they got me or that, that I had growing up and it would be, uh, even more. And so I think that's, uh, that's what I'm going to be trying to do as far as this fall, uh, this spring, uh, like as we transition from this winter into true spring, dude, mushroom hunting, I'm, I'm really looking forward to mushroom hunting as we get into the summer, lots of fishing with my father-in-law and my, my mom and my stepdad. We, we, we always do fishing at some point, whether it's just a bobber and some worms or, or we get out on a boat on the Mississippi and we cast crankbaits with my daughter. Now she's starting to learn how to use a, a bait caster. And so I have a feeling that in a couple of years, she's going to be able to, uh, uh, crankbait walleye off the wing dams or, you know, throw a, a popper on top of the, the small mouth, you know, in the mornings and things like that. So really looking forward to, to those type of experiences this, this spring and, and this summer, and then ultimately just stacking the deck and getting everything ready for what is my favorite time of the year for many reasons is watching my son play football and watching the, the leaves change and watching, uh, the deer start doing what the what we love watching the deer do, and then hopefully trying to slide an arrow in a monster. Man, that's the that's the goal, right? And so that's that's my goal anyway. On top of that, I want to fill the freezer. I, I I didn't get any meat this past year. Luckily, I have I had a ton of meat from the previous year. It's running out. I'll probably I'll be out before the end before summertime if I had to guess, or through summertime at some point. So I want to stack a couple deer in the freezer for uh, this next year, including a buck. And so, yeah, man, we'll, we'll just see how that all pans out. Now there's that bullet point that I wanted to cross off done. The next one is I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out if I want to buy a new bow or not. My, my, my bow that I currently have is awesome. I have a boat, a Bowtech um, solution. It's a badass bow. I really like it. This would be the third year with it, and I am trying to figure out if I want to stick with it or if I want to go shoot around. And if I want to go shoot around, I got to start doing that now because, uh, as you know, schedules get busy, and then the least I, I want to have my bow set up before summer and so that way all i have to do is not really tinker with it per se get it sighted in and whatnot's the easy part but get it tuned all that that takes time and then the whole summer i can make adjustments i can tune it i can uh you know make the the micro adjustments get sighted in get balanced all that stuff so um so i'm debating on buying a new bow uh last year no not last year a couple years ago uh, before I got the solution, I went on a shooting spree, a good one, a good shooting spree. And I ended up shooting like five different bows, Bowtech, Hoyt, PSE, uh, Gearhead, 
Matthews. I think I think those were it. There might have been there might have been one more that I can't think of right now. Uh, but anyway, man, I, they're, you know, the bows, I, I feel like, especially some of the bigger companies like PSE, PSE's made some huge jumps in my opinion over the course of, um, the last seven years. And so, you know, that's on the table. Uh, I used to not like PSE bows. Um, but now these guys have made some pretty big jumps in my opinion. And I, I feel like they used to be the all about speed bow. You know, we are all about you know, the fastest shooting, the fastest arrow IBO speed. But now I think, you know, they're kind of going for more of a well-balanced overall balanced bow. Um, man, gearhead is always, uh, uh, an option, man, that, that, that company, if you haven't had an opportunity to go shoot a gearhead bow, go do it. It is, it's unique looking. You will look at it and you'll go, Oh, this, this bow is, can't be, you can't compare this bow to anything else on the market. I dare you. Um, it is dead in the hand. It is a, a, a pretty good draw cycle. And at full draw, man, I just feel really comfortable with it. I've killed a couple deer or I've killed multiple deer with that bow. It's sitting right over here in the corner. Um, I need to put a new rest on it. But uh, um, it's sitting over here. I've used it before. It's a good bow. Um, what else? Uh, prime. I haven't, I haven't shot the new single cam prime yet. Um, I have the logic and the, anyway, I have the logic, one of the logics downstairs. And then, um, after the logic, whatever the 33 inch one, uh, axle axle. And I had that. And so, yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm looking for a new bow. I'm going to put some time into it. I'm, I'm, if, if, things don't work out. I'm just going to go get new strings on my current bow. I definitely need new strings. I'll get all reset up again and then I'll have to retune my bow and re, uh, so retune it and then recite it in all that good stuff. And I, I really think that, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be an option too, because I know how busy I'm going to be. And so I want to, I want to make sure I have time. And if I'm also uh, the type of guy, especially with my hunting gear, where if something's not broken, like if I feel confident in it, I feel confident in my current bow setup that I just need to, you know, I just need to keep doing it and keep doing it. And, and then, you know, finally, when I do find some time is when I'll go shopping again. So who knows? Who knows what will happen there? Another thing I'm doing right now is I'm digging through trail camera data. And what does that mean? That means that I am taking all the, the data that I can from this year and I'm comparing it to, to last year. One way to do that is through a, um, uh, a company called Deer Lab. Uh, it is, it's basically a trail camera organization uh, software. You dump all your trail cameras into it and it gives you all this data out of these trail camera pictures like the date it was taken, the um, I think, I think, what do you have to do? You have to enter in your zip code of where this, where the pictures were taken or no, actually you put uh, a dot on a map and where the, the trail camera was taken. And that will tell you tons of weather information. It will break down the actual deer. Uh, the, it will break down all the data. Like, Hey, if this buck 
um, you can tag the images. So uh, let's say you have a, sh- uh, a hit lister buck. You can tag that on these pictures. It will calculate all that. And you can say on this trail camera, this buck moved the most on, you know, at six o'clock at night at, you know, on a Northwest wind. And the second time would be at 5 a or 5 a.m. on a south wind or whatever, whatever the case may be. And what that really allows you to do is forecast deer movement on your property. And then the more data you have from trail cameras, then the more information that you can get from it and, and the better you can use that to forecast uh, specific deer movement on on the properties that you hunt so that's interesting Um, what i've been doing is i've been just kind of pulling up two files on my computer and and setting them next to each other and then i've just kind of been comparing because most most of the time my trail camera locations really don't change they're in pinch points they're in fence crossings they're um, usually in active scrape areas or uh, staging areas or places like where there's heavy deer act or heavy deer activity and usually what happens then is um, we don't uh, I don't move them I just keep them there sometimes all year round I got a, I got a handful of cameras out right now with that said uh, two files up on my computer open both windows and sort them by date. And then I just kind of go through and I see if there's any correlation to time of year really is what I'm looking for. So like, uh, okay, uh, specifically on one farm, I've had this big eight pointer with some junk and he showed up the previous year. He also showed up this year. And so what I'm going to be doing, uh, I haven't got to him specifically yet, but I'm going to be, okay, I got a, I got a picture of him here. I got a picture of him here. Um, the dates, the times, uh, just like what the deer lab does, but I'm doing it more manually and I'm trying to figure out the best place to ambush him this upcoming year. And so it really is, it's almost like studying, right? You're, I sit down, I look at data, I look at information. So, and, and then the test comes at the, uh, at the next season when you're like, okay, South wind early November or late October, whatever the, the case may be, I'm going to be in a tree stand and I'm going to use this access route. And uh, I, whether it's downwind wind of bedding or in a transition area or in a staging area, this is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to hang. And uh, this is, this is the ambush point. And so I, I, I truly feel that you can, you can make really well informed decisions on tree stand locations, saddle, you know, hunting locations, if you're, you know, saddle hunting, tree stand hunting, ground hunting, whatever, ambush sites based off of that type of information. So I'm also going to be doing a lot of that in the next, you know, now all the way till over the summer. And what really, what, what I'm really intrigued in is this new farm that I have access to. Uh, I, I already have some mineral out. I don't have any, I have one trail camera out there right now. Uh, so here this spring or later in this summer, maybe we'll, we'll give it some time. I'm going to get back out there and I'm going to, you know, adjust some trail cameras. I'm going to adjust some tree stands. Uh, dude, I have a, I have this little pinch point. It's you look on a map and it's nothing, but you get into the, into this little Creek bottom where Mm -hmm. basically four fields meet 
and it's all wooded in there. It's real thick and nasty, overgrown. And I have a I have a, a trail camera in there right now, and I pulled that this um, uh, late season, or and actually I pulled it when I was shed hunting. And dude, every day deer come through there all day long. I mean, just ridiculous all day, every day. And so there's deer in the area. I have to figure out how to get in there on the right wind. It is low. And when you're hunting low, you usually, I don't know what your experiences are, but my experience is when you're hunting low, you start to get a little bit of the wash machine wind and it kind of is inconsistent. So I got to figure out how to get a shot at it's almost a specific crit crossing how to get a shot at a specific crit crossing without busting the deer and without my wind being at jeopardy. And so I got to figure that out. And maybe it's a spot I just can't hunt because uh, I got those two. But uh, mineral is out. I want to get some trail cameras up here probably at least May, maybe early June, and just see what kind of uh, who's back, right? I know last year there was a ton of great deer on this farm. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the deer react to crop rotation this year. Uh, there was corn and beans on the property this year, corn closer to to that. But the bad part about this property that I hunt, the guy who does the farming, is he he tills up the corn immediately after he uh, cuts it down. So all of the other deer were, all the other deer were kind of going to the, um, uh, the neighbor's property, which is okay. I can, I can find an ambush point between the bedding on, on the property that I hunt and the, the farmers, the, the other guys field easy to do, but it would be nice if they, they didn't till that corn, or be the corn or beans over and then they had something to eat all winter long but that's you know i was a agriculture state so what else um data and just collecting more trail camera data trying to figure out like the buck that i shot this year man like i don't want to say it was easy but i knew where this deer lived uh because of trail camera data uh i knew based off of multiple trail cameras how he moved through the how he moved through the property and how he moved through the, the surrounding properties. And I got, I had really good Intel and I knew where these deer were moving. And when I, you know, when he came through, it was just a chip shot to him. And, uh, you know, there's a whole different story. There's a whole nother story about the recovery and everything, but I knew what this deer was doing. I knew where he lived. I knew he was the boss of the property. I'm putting him at, I guess, five years old. And it was a no brainer for me to, just get in there, sit, be quiet. Here he comes. And once you, that very rarely happens, but when you get that information, you got to act on it as soon as possible. And so that's what I did. And luckily it worked out in my favor. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm a huge fan of trail cameras. Now, I just today, the, when you're listening to this, I also released an episode, um, uh, on the hunting gear podcast where we talk about basically technology. Okay. A little bit about technology. And I can remember before cell phones, before, you know, before digital maps, before the internet, I just got dropped off and I walked into the woods and I set up. Right. 
And even back in the day, like 2006, they, they had cell phones, but they really, I don't think they really had smartphones. They may have had some kind of GPS type stuff. Uh, I know they had the internet, obviously, but you had to be, ha- be on a desktop to research that. Then you had to go print off hard copies of maps. Outside of that, I, I, I don't know what I would do without trail cameras. I, I, that's how I use trail camera. I, well, I know what I would do, right? I would just hunt without them, right? My standards, though, would change. I would not be passing, like, if I didn't know what was on a particular farm, I would have to do more hunting. I would have to do more scouting uh, in order to, what I what I believe is to maintain the caliber of deer that I'm currently shooting. I would just need to spend more time in the woods scouting, uh, glassing from a distance during the summertime, and just trying to figure out all of the, you know, the the pieces of the puzzle and still... You don't know. I mean, this year's a perfect example. I had, um, there's, there was one buck. I I think he was an 11-pointer, put him at about 170. Uh, he showed up on trail camera only three times. And without that, I wouldn't have known he was there. If this buck, um, you know, this buck, he didn't make any sightings until the time that I saw him. So I hunted this property a couple times. I didn't see him at all until the time that I actually shot him. And so... He, uh, uh, I wouldn't have known that this buck that I shot this year was even there. And so I probably would have taken a crack at a couple of these other bucks that I ultimately passed. Um, they were great deer, but I, I knew that they were there. I saw them. It was, it was, was right in front of me. And so I feel like my, my standards would be a little bit lower because, uh, I, I just don't know what's out there. Trail cameras tell you a lot, and uh, I, re- I rely heavily on that information. But like the guys that hunt public land in Kansas, I mean, what, do, what can you do now? You, gotta, you definitely just have to go out and hunt your best hunt. I mean, rules and regulations have changed, and you got to abide by them. And uh, I guess, you know, you just got to get out there and do it. So uh, trail cameras, that's it. I think I've talked to for about 33 minutes now and um, I'm just really excited about this season, man, for, for so many, for so many reasons. And I don't want to fast forward because there's a lot of fun to be had uh, in the outdoors between now and then, but I didn't have this feeling last year, this year, dude, I have some kind of gut feeling like I, I have, I have, I have some good vibes that are that I just feel good about this upcoming season. And so I'm excited to get out there and uh, make it happen again and, and just work hard and have fun. And that's uh, that's what I uh, that's what I love doing, man, is the is the chess match. So a huge shout out to Tethered, huge shout out to Wasp, huge shout out to Hunt Stand and Vortex. And I, I really do mean this to absolutely everybody that listens to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to download and listen. Please go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Leave a leave a real nice review. Let everybody know that I am a badass host. <laughs> I'm a uh, that there's a lot of good information, great entertain entertainment value on this podcast, and. Uh, Yeah, man. Good vibes in, good vibes out. Wear your safety harness, and we'll talk to you next week.
Thank you.